Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And good morning. Thanks for joining us. Bucko Talk here on The Fan. As uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, 20 days from today, we will have Pirates baseball on the air. We'll be back uh, bringing you a pre-postgame coverage. Jack Zarensic, Craig Riley, and myself. Uh, who the Pirates will be playing on opening day, air quotations, uh, remains to be seen. Um, the schedule coming out we anticipate early this week. Union has signed off on it, uh, and uh, all of the logistics, I's dotted, T's crossed as it pertains to travel being ironed out. So we should find out here in just a matter of days. Jason Mackey joins us. Uh, Jason, our uh, Pirates insider from the Post-Gazette. Jason, morning. Happy 4th to you, man. Good morning, Dan. Happy 4th to you, too. Uh, happy 4th to Key Brian Hayes uh, in Altoona, perhaps for the rest of the summer, or... Uh, does Key Brian Hayes help the Pirates this year? You wrote about it at length and raised a number of very good questions. Yeah, I think he starts the season in Altoona. Um, you know, I, I would love to see a scenario where this is entirely baseball-based. I don't think that's what it's going to be. Um, it does make sense for the Pirates to allow him to continue to, to develop. Uh, I would suppose that maybe if this was a normal spring training and Key Brian Hayes absolutely tore the cover off the ball and forced their hand, then it might be different. Um, but that's just not going to happen without any spring training games or any more spring training games. And, you know, I'm sure we'll delve into Super 2 status, arbitration clock, all that stuff. But uh, I think the simple answer is just that it makes sense for them to start him down there and, and – you know, sort of maintain more control over him. And and my question to that, considering um, a great point that I had Craig Edwards on just a segment ago from Fangraphs, uh, is why? Uh, why are we looking at 2027? And Craig made, made a really salient point here. Two collective bargaining agreements away, essentially. Um, and based yeah. on what we've seen over the last 100 days, um, I mean, are we even going to see baseball in 2022, um, let alone 2027? So what, what, what's, what's the worry here when you have a 60-game sprint with maybe as level and even a playing field that you could perhaps ever have here uh, for the Pirates? Yeah, I, I hear that. I, I certainly understand that argument. Um, I would look at it in, you know, what we saw from Key Brian Hayes in spring training and what we saw last season. It was good at times. It was, I would say, inconsistent at times. Um, so is he blowing your doors off and forcing you to play him right now? Not necessarily. Um, you know, obviously the defense is there, but I, I get Craig's point. I get your point. Um, it's not, you know, it, it's certainly not a dumb one. Um, if you would bring him up and start him, Day one, I, I would get that, but I, I look at this thing, Dan, from 
you know, Ben Charrington's seat. It was his job to come in here and create more of a sustained model. I don't think that's something the old regime did well enough. And if you're going to make your decisions in that vein, with that lens, whatever, then it involves keeping Cabrian Hayes down there and trying to maintain as much control over him as you can, regardless of what might happen with the CBA. Jason Mackey, Post-Gazette Pirates Insider. He joins us on Bucko Talk this morning on the uh, 4th of July. We appreciate him doing that. Being a Brentwood guy, I would imagine, Jason, you are, uh, you're heartbroken over the 4th of July Brentwood parade. That's a big deal. I've never it's been. It's a real but big deal, man. It is. So uh, this is part of the fabric of your life. <laughs> we don't live in Brentwood anymore. We actually live in Mount Lebanon. Um, but there's a pretty cool 4th of July celebration here. We miss it. We always go to... Mount Lebanon Park and do a few things over that way. But, yeah, I was I was raised on Fourth of July parades, man. I marched in them. I was in the marching band in high school, which, you know, God bless Brentwood. It's one of the few schools where you can be a jock and a, a band geek, and, like, both are cool. Um, so I, I did that a few years, and it was always just, like, where are you going? Where are you watching the parade? What are you doing? Um, after you were 21, it usually involved being slightly inebriated at 9 a.m., which is always fun, but it's a good time. Are you slightly inebriated right now? I am not. Neither. No. Yes. <laughs> Other you than look- dealing with two kids and, and my mind spinning over building some Legos this morning, no, I'm, you're, you're, I'm good. You're a, Mount Le- you're a Mount Lebanon wine drinker right now, Jason. That's what you've turned into. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> no, man, you can't take that much Brentwood out of me. It's, <laughs> it's still there. We just got to class it up a little bit. Um, so I'll make another point on Cabrian Hayes as to why he should be up. Um, defense. You, you mentioned he's an elite defender, um, and he is. And I would I would argue that in a 60-game sprint, every run saved, Jason, is going to matter to the point where defense is going to be more valuable, and it's incumbent upon the Pirates to supplement a pitching staff that is suspect with every piece of support that they could get behind their pitchers, and that would include Key Brian Hayes at third base, and Jose Osuna as your first baseman, because the margin for error, as we have documented, is going to be thin. So uh, what can he provide in the way of a defensive upgrade over Colin Moran? I would quantify that as significant. I, I would too, Dan, and I think you bring up an excellent point. And to build upon that, every move that Ben Charrington made this offseason was geared at getting better defensively, and he talked about that in spring training back in February. And so if you want to continue to get better defensively, Brian Hayes should be playing. Um, again, I, I err on the side of I think it's more important for them to fix this long term than I do for them to compete in 2020. Not that they should punt on it, but, you know, I understand if they would, you know, fiddle around with his arbitration clock. However, like if they would make the decision to play him and say exactly what you're saying, Moran isn't good enough defensively at third, this is how we can support our pitching staff. Our starters and our bullpen were not good enough last season. I mean, Cabrian Hayes, hands down, is the best defensive option they have at third base. I don't think it's close. But the bat is not completely proven, and there's a business aspect. So, as I said at the beginning, I just I don't think it's strictly how well you field a ground ball or how well you move to your left, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, and and I'm I'm just here to say that I think it should be because we're we're planning for a future that we don't know is going to be there. Um, again, I go back to the the whole CBA thing and the age of Hayes, and and you're you're planning for something that is again not a a, a sure thing. But nevertheless, we move on from from, from that uh, conversation to Jason. What you think it's actually going to take to become a postseason team? Uh, Craig Edwards said 32 games, 32 wins is what it's going to take to be a postseason club. Do you see that number uh, as 32, and can the Pirates uh, hit that number? Yeah, I, I see 32 as reasonable. Um, I'd probably aim for 34 if I was – like 32 just seems a little too mediocre. But at the same time, I mean – you know, I, I can't say it's terribly wrong. Do I see the Pirates being able to get the 32? I, maybe I'm insane, but I do. Um, I, I think there's a chance. I'm not saying it's a 90% chance. I'm not saying I'd be stunned if they didn't get the 32. Like, do I think they can get hot for a month and, and flirt with this thing? Absolutely. Um, I think their starting rotation, again, is better than a lot of people think it is. Um, I think a lot of what happened last year was not necessarily a void of talent, but poor preparation, um, poor management of the assets they do have. You saw Tyler Glass now talk about some of that stuff in spring training and just how they didn't necessarily cater to guys' skill sets, but more said, this is what we want to do, this is how we're going to do it, and you know, you, you're know, you not necessarily equipping guys. And we saw the pitching staff this season, you know, or this spring, I should say, delve more into analytics and, and just technology. And I think they're going to be better prepared this season. So if you defend better, which they certainly have room to improve, if you with hit Brian reasonably Hayes. the same <laughs> with Brian Hayes, yes. uh, the improvement's there. You think they can get to 32. I'm going to contend, Jason, that they get to 31. They're going to lose a game based on a ground ball hit to Colin Moran's right that instead of an inning-ending 5-4-3 double play turns into a two-run double, and they lose a game 5-4 to four instead of winning it 4-3. to three. If that happens, I will take you out to a steak dinner, Dan. Not, not because I feel like I lost the bet. That, was just, that would just be one heck of a prediction, my friend. Well, as long as we wear our masks, hopefully the restaurants are open by then. Jason Mackey, Post-Gazette, uh, with us, uh, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Edgar Santana, more of a blow to the Pirates uh, pitching than Chris Archer. That's what I say. What do you say? Um, I don't know if I agree with that, just because I think they're covered a little bit more for Santana. I mean, Santana looked really good in the spring. He was really good in 18. Um, but I look at somebody like Nick Birdie, and I think he's ready to contribute. I look at somebody like Michael Feliz, and, you know, he should be taking the next step this season. And, you know, I don't think Kyle Crick was as bad as he as his numbers showed last season. Like, I, I think they should have a reasonably competent bullpen. Um, a frontline starter going down, somebody who, you know, and I, I, I know the numbers on Archer were bad last season, but he was another one of those guys that I think would benefit from maybe a different sort of plan, different sort of preparedness. He looked really good in spring. Um, so the possibility of what Archer could have been, I think, was was very good for this club. I guess I can understand the argument that, you know, Santana is an asset in what was their weakest link last season. So by that logic, I get it. But I just, man, it's always going to come down to starting pitching. And if you could get the version of Archer you thought you were getting, that could be something. Or could have been something, I should say. 
Well, see, I, I think it's multi-inning relievers are more valuable than they've ever been in the 60-game sprint. So that's why I, I suppose I make that argument and have that stance that Santana uh, greater than Archer, at least this year. Because I think you knew what you were going to get in Santana and what his ability uh, based on uh, past recent history. Nevertheless, uh, we're going to watch uh, if we're allowed in, and we will uh, we will report on it. And, Jason, we will continue to read your good work, and um, you enjoy this one with your, your family, uh, unless you have to work. I hope you don't today. Um, I do, but mm. that's okay. So sparklers, pop rocks, or those little uh, little uh, black dots that turn into to snakes that you light on fire for your 4th of July. What was popular in Brentwood? Those little snap things were big. Um, you know the, the the pool pop confetti goes flying out. Oh yeah, um, sparklers point. and then just like straight up illegal fireworks. Mm. I, I feel like we went from like the little kid stuff to like the borderline felon, um, you know, sort of explosives. True, true or false? When we do it, when we do a thirty for thirty on Jason Mackey's career, will it uh, will it include putting M80s in, in the Brentwood High School uh, toilet? That would be false. That part does not. I was never a big fireworks guy, to yeah, be honest with you. I did plenty of other stuff I could get in trouble for, but not fireworks. All right, Jason, be well. Stay out of trouble, will you? All right, man. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.